Hello, everyone. This week's interview was actually recorded back in February, well before this whole COVID-19 situation hit Miami. So before we get into this week's show, I just wanted to take a moment, wish you and your loved ones health and strength during this crazy period of time we we're going through. And I also wanted to share a quick thought that I've had bouncing around my head for the last few days. Ellie Wiesel once said that just as despair can come to one only from other human beings, hope too can be given to one only by other human beings. And I think that's an important message to keep top of mind as we navigate the uncertain future. I don't know how long this is going to go on for, or how long it'll take before things settle down and we go back to normal. But I know this, we will get through this, and eventually, things will go back to normal. But right now, in this moment, we also have an opportunity to look around and be an instrument of hope, light, and strength. So look around. Lend a helping hand to someone in need. Be the calming voice of reason to someone who is overwhelmed. And don't forget that pressure creates diamonds and fire refines gold. You and I will come out of this stronger and wiser. That's all for now. I hope you enjoy this week's show. Welcome to Miami Creators. I'm your host, Corrado, and I'm a photographer here in beautiful Miami, Florida. And each week, I bring you the inspiring stories behind Miami's most influential businesses, individuals, entrepreneurs, and more. This week, we are joined by Luis Brignoni, founder of Winwood Brewery, Miami's first production brewery and the official craft beer of the Miami Heat. Today, you'll hear Luis and I talk about his journey into brewing. We discuss the benefits and challenges of being the first on the scene, lessons learned along the way, and even the process behind their popular names like La Rubia, Pops Porter, and more. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this fun and insightful conversation with Luis Brignoni. Luis, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. Dude, so first of all, congratulations on everything that you guys have been able to do and accomplish. I'm not a crazy beer aficionado by any means, but That's okay. I know that you guys have accomplished a lot and you guys have paved the way for a lot of people in, in the industry. Yeah. Maybe for the listeners that may not be familiar, if they've been living under a rock for the past few years, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself, Winwood Brewing, everything. Sure. So uh, Luis Brignoni here co-founder of Winwood Brewing, founded it with my father, uh, Pops. Uh, we started the um, kind of the adventure back in 2011. Uh, we broke ground 2012 and finally opened in 2013. Uh, so in August of 2013. So we've been operating now for about six years, a little bit over six years. It's been a wild ride, man. You know, a lot of the success we've had is because we have a, we have a phenomenal team. We have a great group of folks that are very proud of what they do. They're crazy enough to believe in, in what we were thinking about doing. So, um, you know, they've kind of built this, you know, this, this beautiful brewery that we've been able to do here in, in Miami for the last, you know, six years and change. So that's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's go back a little bit. How yep. did you get started in this whole thing? So actually I was a big, uh, I still am a big craft beer fan all the way back to college. I went to college here at FIU. I uh, met my wife at FIU and uh, that senior year, um, my old man pops got me um, a Mr. Beer Kit 
as kind of like a gag gift for Christmas. Okay. And uh, nothing. I took it like, oh my God, this is awesome. Um, and then I started kind of doing beer at home with my roommate. I got really uh, passionate about it. Started you had never everything. done any brewing or anything never. before that? I mean, all I did was drink it. <laughs> Were you like a big beer guy, craft beer guy, or just yeah. regular, you know? No, I mean, I, I loved craft beer. I mean, I, again, I still do. Um, and I just got obsessed with it. And then when he gave me the uh, the Mr. Beer kit, I, I again, kind of got obsessed with the fact of that, oh, my God, I mean, I'm a college student. Imagine um, you don't have a lot of money. Yeah. And then you find <laughs> out you can, make, yeah, you can make beer at home for cheaper than you can go out to the store and buy it. So, um, yeah, I got hooked. Uh, I mean, my roommate got hooked. We started um, brewing at home. First what was the first beer that you... That you we brewed, brewed like a, you know, the, the, the beer that came with a kid. I think it was like a pale ale or something. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was okay. It was like, oh my God, wow, you, you, this is not bad. You know, you can brew beer at home. That's not bad, you know? And then, so then after that, we started kind of playing around with like uh, different flavorings and everything. And they were just awful. They were just really, really bad. And that kind of got me into thinking like, okay, how, how, how can I do this? And then I started reading into it. Um, you know, the homebrew community is very open. Um, people help each other out a lot. They, you know, they give suggestions and, you know, try to help uh, each other out on how to troubleshoot. And um, yeah, I mean, it was basically self-taught, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of blogs, a lot of posts and threads and message boards and right. all that. So yeah, that's how I started brewing. And um you know, then after a while, a couple of years in, you're going, okay, you're kind of like, you're still home brewing and you're having your friends try it. And people are like, man, this is good. You ever thought about doing a brewery? And right. Like, Wait, what? No, no. Okay. Maybe. Let's see. I don't know. Um, it gets the, yeah, it gets, it gets the, the gears motion, turning yeah. like, wait, maybe I should be doing this. Right. Um, so yeah, that's basically how I started. I mean, I, I really just started as a, you know, like most college students that uh, love beer and consume a lot of beer. So Talk to me about the thought process behind going from home brewer to actually saying, all right, let's, let's do this. Like, what so, was I mean, that process like? Yeah. So, uh, um, well, actually while I was in college too, I was, um, I've always wanted to start a business. So while I was in, in uh, my senior year in college, I was helping start an online company uh, with two other business partners. And I did that for a while, even until the, until I got married. Um, what kind of business was it? It was just online learning. All right. So, I mean, imagine this was 2008, 2009, actually it was like 2007, 2008. Um, you know, the great recession was happening. So a lot of people were going back to school. A lot of people were unemployed. They didn't find, yeah. you know, jobs, myself included. And, you know, I tried to find a job <laughs> before that. And then this, these guys were able to bring me in full time and I had, a, they gave me a small piece of it. So, um, I helped kind of establish it and, um, you know, it went okay for a little while. And, uh, but then it just, you know, a lot of, uh, policy changes, uh, impacted that business. And that went kind of downhill. And then I was marrying my wife. It's funny. I married my wife, uh, May of 2010 and I had no job. I had just got an apartment in Coral Gables and I told her, don't worry, I'm, we're going to be okay. Like I'll figure this out. Um, so yeah, I'd say like, uh, the, the, the opportunity of starting a brewery, you need to have a very supporting part, supportive right. partner. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's been amazing. Um, I mean, for the, for the longest time, I, we, you know, pops and I didn't collect a paycheck. So a lot of the, uh, household financial burden and even burden with the kids and everything, uh, fell on, on my wife, Sandra. So that's a, um, that's a, and it's also a great motivation. Oh, for sure. Motivator for you to get off your ass and, and start oh, yeah. making stuff happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look back and I think about all the crazy things that I've done, you know, getting married, no job, apartment, no job. We had a kid and the brewery still wasn't even open. Um, and even then I still didn't even collect a paycheck till afterwards. So 
nowadays I think about it, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? You know, like, <laughs> how did I, <laughs> um, is that like a, it's not necessarily a very responsible thing to do. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, here we are. I mean, you know, we're, we've, we've, we take pride in building a good team yeah. of people around us that just, it helps, right? It helps yeah. make the, the, the process of growing a lot smoother. So right now, what the listeners can't see is that as we're recording, we're, ri- we're drinking one of your flavors, La Rubia. Yes. Um, um, so by the way, smooth as hell, man. I like thanks, it. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah. So I actually <laughs> wanted to kind of go into a little bit of that, the inspiration, the sure. ideas for, for the things that you do with the brand, for mm-hmm. the names, the flavors. Talk to me about your process coming up with these things. <laughs> So, I mean, a lot of the process, well, this one in particular was a very interesting process. Um, so when I was home brewing, um, my mom was a huge, uh, Miller light drinker and nothing wrong against Miller light. I drink a lot of it as well. And, um, you know, I would bring either my home brew or craft beer home and I would have her try it. You know, she, she was always like, yeah, it's good, but it's not. Yeah. And she'd always go back to it. Um, and then, um, I kind of took it upon myself to make a beer that was, uh, you know, that would appeal to her palate, but that also I wanted to drink um, because I didn't want to necessarily make like a light lager, right? I mean, you have great national brands that whether you like them or not, that's beside the point. The quality of their beer is actually pretty good. Um, the, the, the things that they're able to do as big breweries to make a beer in Florida that tastes exactly like a beer in, you know, in Europe. Right. Um, it is, is a lot of work. Um, and as a brewer, you, you appreciate that. And so I, I took it upon myself, the greatest recipe. And that, that's where, you know, after it took us, it took me a while to, to kind of come up with something. I had David also help us. Um, David Rodriguez is right now our sales manager. Um, he's been with us since the very beginning. You know, he, he helped me kind of brew this and put it together. And, um, finally we got, to a place that we felt was really good. And my mom was just obsessed. Now she doesn't drink anything, but (laughs) (laughs) I got my mom to drink my own beer. (laughs) And me neither, dude, to be honest with you, this is a beer. I just like to your, to to what you just said. It's a smooth beer. It's a beer you can have, you know, at lunch, it's a beer you can have at dinner. It's a, it won't fill you up too much. Um, you know, 5%, nice, easy drinking. Uh, it's not a lager. It's got a little bit more flavor than, you know, your regular lagers, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great tasting beer. And, you know, right now it's 80% of our, volume you know? wow okay. yeah so it's our it's definitely our our, our star and so it, going into the names um mm-hmm. you know do you guys kind of have some sort of process or, or, or i was really curious because i was reading through all the different names <clears> and <throat> and everything so how do you guys come up with all of these things man to be honest with you there's, there's really no science behind it sometimes it takes forever to come up with a good name because be um <laughs> is it that you're coming up with the recipe and then you're trying to find a name or is it that you maybe figure out like the inspiration behind it and it's maybe it's the name and then the the flavor it's, follows you know, what, it's what is both. it it's both to be honest with you so like um you know something like this it's like it's a blonde ale so we just called it la rubia there's really no science behind it right i mean we didn't think it was going to be such a to be honest with you such a big hit and such a big part of our of our business um, and such a success, you know? Um, so there was really no science behind it. The other beers like Pops Porter, it was actually my dad, he, you know, when he, when I told him about what I was, you know, the, the idea of starting a brewery and doing a venture and, you know, um, and then I wanted him to jump in. He's like, okay, but you have to maybe get a Porter then. And so I made him, you know, again, David and I <laughs> took it upon ourselves to, you know, brew nice. a recipe and, you know, we, we brewed Pops Porter. The other name's really like, it all depends. We might have a really good, you know, now, nowadays with seven plus thousand breweries is really tough to get like a really cool name. Everybody has great ideas. 
So if we get a good idea, we'll look it up, make sure that no other brewery has it. Um, if it makes sense, we'll take it and we'll build a concept around it. Right. Um, <clears throat> if not, we'll just brew, like say, hey, we want to brew this kind of beer. We'll brew it and then kind of come up with a name. Right. And we'll kind of, so it's both ways. Yeah, yeah, it's both ways. So <clears throat> nice. there's really not, we don't have like a workflow chart on how to come up with names or, or, or really launch beers. We really just brew beers we want to drink. Nice. Um, there's a lot of beers that we don't brew because we don't necessarily want to drink them. Right? Yeah. We don't find them. A lot of us don't find it appetizing. Scratching so. your own itch. Yeah, it's yeah. also kind of tough to sell something if you don't really believe in it. So <laughs> That's very true. That's really, you're like, yeah, yeah, you can probably try this one. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, let's go back a little bit. Any, mm-hmm. you know, uh, starting a business obviously comes with an onslaught of challenges, sure. good moments, key moments, right? Both sure. good and bad. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious to find out in, in your experience, what were some of those key moments that looking back in your business, both again, good and bad yep. that allowed you guys to get here or, or things that you had to overcome that had the potential to, you know, knock you off. And, and yeah. Um, the first year, I mean, just even trying to get, get it up and running is a, is a challenge it's the first onto itself. commercial brewery in Miami since like the sixties, I believe yeah, since right? Spiegel brewery down in, right down there, right. right. In like, uh, right close to the river. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, it's, uh, it's been an interesting journey. Pops and I talk about it sometimes when like, uh, we actually had a chance to talk about it recently. We went to a, a Miami heat game and we just, you know, we, we negotiated, a we, we were able to announce a deal that we did with the Miami heat this year as a, the official craft beer and local beer of the Miami heat. Wow. Nice. And so, yeah, it's super exciting. And you know, he, we, we were sitting there and he's like, Hey, like for me, this is like a huge you know, it's a huge proud thing, moment. Man. Like, how do you feel? Right. Knowing that like you did all this, you know, at, at your age. And I was like, yeah, sometimes I, you know, you don't even sit back and think about it. You just kind of keep going and going and going and going. <laughs> so it's nice, nice to kind of sit back and think about it. And, you know, it was when you're up and when you're trying to get any business in my mind up and running, it takes time. It takes research. It takes, uh, you know, trying to talk, talk to people. Right. I mean, for the most part, I think entrepreneurs in general are pretty open um, and they try to help you, especially like, uh, not make the same mistakes that they made. And so there's, there's, there's a lot of that, right? So if you're looking at doing a business, anybody, like I would suggest just talk to people, uh, try to get advice, figure out what the challenges, the pain points are that way you can better prepare yourself. I mean, for us, it was first, it was trying to land the finances to, to open up the business and then, um, so that was kind of tough. So we put some money aside, like we, we all put money in my dad, my brother, we had a partner that came in as well. He put in money. And so we were going to banks. I mean, we, we met with all kinds of banks. We met all with all kinds of investors and it was just like, no, after no, after no, after no, after no, after no. And after a while you're just going, damn, man, am I really going to be able to do this? Um, but we kept going, we kept going. And finally we, um, we found some folks at Wells Fargo that gave us the opportunity. Some of the folks at the SBA team were like, you know what? Like, I, I, we believe in this. I think we're going to try to push it through. And so we went through the process and then we finally got it. So it was great. So it was like finding a location, finding a good location. You know, throughout the way you find really good people. Um, there's obviously the people that just are not nice, yeah. um, but that's everywhere. Um, but there's a lot of really good people out there. Um, and so like the folks at the bank were really good um, here in, in Wynwood to help us find a spot. Um, you know, Eric Gonzalez here was awesome. He worked with Lombardi properties at the time. And David has always been a, a big, um, supporter of ours. Um, they helped us out, find a space, help us negotiate the lease. Our landlord has been great. We've been there with him now for eight years. 
uh, Jeff and, uh, you know, he's always been, you know, we're all, we're also reasonable people, right? We're not a pain in the butt. We're pay on time. Anything comes up, we're honest. Um, so they were really great. And then, you know, once we got everything going, we were going in the sense of like, okay, we have a plans and everything. You go to the city and that's kind of like a big challenge for, for, for people. Right. So, you know, these are folks that are just trying to, you know, CYA cover their butts and, and understandably so, but you know, there's definitely some challenges and some opportunities. I think that the, you know, most municipalities can do in order to streamline uh, the process because this, these are small businesses. Right. Um, and it just still kind of, I scratch my head when I still see some restaurants that are trying to open up and it takes them, you know, 12 months to open up. I mean, how many restaurants open and close in, in yeah. the city or County of Miami? I understand that there's certain things that we have to abide by. And I understand that sometimes there's people that, you know, try to cheat the system. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's also a lot of really good people, you know, that, you know, a month or two months or four months waiting to open could break them, you know? Yeah. And then once you get open, you got to get people on the door and you're already starting with a negative cash flow. Mm -hmm. You're pretty much, you're strapped. So there's, there, so that was really tough, right? The beginning, once we got open, the, the cash flow was, was, was huge, right? So when you're starting a brewery, you know, you don't necessarily have credit terms with suppliers. And then when you're, when you're buying grain, yeast, whatever the case may be to brew your batch, you're paying them on the spot when they deliver. Then you're brewing it, fermenting it. it takes you about two to three weeks. Then you're selling it to the distributor and then he has terms. So you have, you know, 30 days until you collect. So by the time, you know, you get your first paycheck, you're already kind of six weeks, eight weeks, yeah. you know, six to eight weeks behind, depending on the beer. So we, um, you know, Brown, Jason Brown and Reed Brown were really great when we first started. They're still, you know, big supporters of Brown Distributing, who's our predominant distributor. Um, you know, we kind of called them and say, hey, we have great news. You know, we're excited. We're loading up your truck right now with our first delivery, but we also have some bad news. We need you to pay us as soon as you possibly can so we can brew the next batch. Um, and so they were great. I mean, they, they wired us the money the next day. Wow. Okay. Um, so that just freed us up. And then- <clears throat> That shortened up your, your, your oh, life man, cycle got, so much. Absolutely. Yeah. And then a couple months later, we were at a brewer festival and we met one of our suppliers, Country Malt Group, Patrick. He's a great guy. He, uh, he asked us, hey, what do you guys need? Congratulations. The beer's tasting awesome. What can we help? And Pop straight up goes, okay, if you're asking, I'm going to tell you. Like, we need some terms, man. Give yeah. us something. Give us $10,000, whatever it is. Just yeah. give us something. Give us some breathing room. And he goes, okay. As soon as I get back on Monday, shoot me an email or give me a call and we'll make it happen. And and he did. And he actually doubled it. We got $20,000. I think it was worth the wow. credit, which was great. I mean, malt is very, it's not expensive, but you have to buy large quantities yeah. of it. So when you, you know, you're, you're trying to load up your tanks. And so you improved. So the, we improved the, the beginning and then the you cash pushed flow out a little the cash bit. flow. Yeah, yeah you had to. That'll I mean, be a big difference. Cash flows, yeah, it's huge. And that's why a lot of breweries use, you know, the tap room is such an important part because you're getting cash paid right. right then and there. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the, the processes of starting any business is, is a difficult process, but you, you do meet a lot of really good people. Um, was yeah. there a particular time where you, like after all of this, you get to a point, was there a, a moment where you felt like, okay, we did it like, or, or yes. was it, or was there a moment that you go, okay, now stuff got real. Like this just became a good, uh, uh, something good happened and it just became real. I'd say the moment in which I said, okay, I think we're, 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 we're like, we're, we're you legit, you know, yeah. like, uh, it was October, 2014 is when we went to uh, the great American beer festival, uh, festival. We were about a year old and we won gold medal for pops Porter. That was probably like, and, it, and, and the, the reason why is because we were really going through a tough time, uh, growing, kind of figuring everything out, you know, starting a business with your dad is sometimes difficult. You know, it's, we bumped heads a lot in the beginning. So there's a lot of, uh, 
strain, you know, kind of strain the relationship right. a little bit. Um, but business, business can do that. Yeah. Especially yeah, yeah. if you're in a you know, family, right? So it was difficult in the sense of like, I feel like I was trying to prove myself to him. And then mm -hmm. he was also trying to like, trying to keep me safe. We always kind of, if we ever had an issue, we always made up, but, um, you know, it always sucks when you're, when you're fighting and it's not because I was wrong or he was wrong. It, it was, we, we had different perspectives and opinions on how we thought things would be better for the business. Right. We always right. understood that. Um, and it wasn't necessarily more of an ego thing. I think it was more of a personal kind of father or son thing. That's what I was going to say from what you just said, like you're trying to prove to him and right. he's trying to protect you. It sounds like the conflict was coming from the best place possible mm -hmm. of you're looking out for each other rather than looking out for, Correct. for yourselves, Correct. which is more than most people can say in business, right? Right. Right. No. And I mean, we still, <laughs> like, I think one of the biggest things of outside of the fact that, you know, we, we, again, we make a great product and we have great people. Like the biggest, probably nicest thing about starting Winwood Brewing is is getting the opportunity to work with my father. And so that award for Pops for Pops Porter. So we won it on his birthday for a beer we named oh, after him. Um, can't get better than that. Medal. Yeah, I mean, you can't write this stuff up. I mean, um, that was when we. I think. I think we felt like, okay, we're we're doing something right. Nice. So we you know we came back with a rejuvenated kind of feeling that you know we we're 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 on our way and. What are some of the biggest lessons that you think looking back, you know, this whole business venture, that, things that you've learned specifically, you know, whether it's from the, from your industry in specific or just business in general? Good question. I mean, I think for the most part, personally, right. And like, this could be different for other people, but I would have wanted, like looking back, you know, six years, you know, I was in my late twenties. Now my mid thirties, have three kids. I would have wanted probably to slow down a little bit, kind of enjoy the moment. But I guess at the same time, it's kind of like the gung ho, kind of keep going, pounding, you know, keep pushing is kind of what was what has gotten us to this point. But at the same time, you know, you also have to enjoy and savor the the, the good moments. Um, Are you talking about the good moments in the early days? In the early days, in the the early business, days. yeah, because yeah, yeah. okay. I mean, like. It, the, the the business it's gotten to a point where it's it my role has changed so much right when in the first days i was brewing i was also working behind the bar i was managing i was ordering i was doing everything you know now it's more of a management role right where i just want to make sure that we're steering the ship towards where we need to go um so it's different it's a different kind of work right i think it's like more now it's more mentally draining back there and it was a lot more physical um you know, I don't know. It, it's taken me a while to kind of figure that out too, right? Because uh, even as a manager, I think like I've grown in the sense that basically in the past, it was just like I'd get in and kind of like get the job done as opposed to kind of like let our folks do the job, right? Um, and so it's taken a while to kind of learn, right? And I still have, God, a lot more to learn. Um, but it, it's it's been a definitely an interesting ride. I mean, I think um, there, it, there's definitely been a lot of learning opportunities you know as a manager i think i've i've given you know I've, I've been hard very hard at times you know i think uh i've let go of people that i ne necessarily didn't or shouldn't have let go and maybe should have been able to dedicate more time to um i've made mistakes in the sense of putting someone in a position that maybe they didn't belong in a position mm -hmm. um and so you know I, I, these are all things that you know you learn you know you make mistakes big time um but at the same time, you know, we, we've, we've, we've had people that we've put in positions that have also kind of thrived 
you know, right. that, but everyone's different. Right. Yeah. So I think as a, as a manager and a leader, I've learned that, uh, you know, some, some people just need a little bit more time and, and that's okay. Um, and some people need direction. Some people, it, it's deserving of it. Right. Some people, you know, it, it's, I think what I've realized is, is it's a lot more our fault to put people in spots than they're necessarily uh, like I read a, that they're applying to, or they want to be in, you know, I, I read a, I was listening, actually, I was listening to a great interview or a podcast that was talking about, um, you should tell people who are interviewing the, on the job for that job, the worst part of the job so that they know what they're getting themselves into, as opposed to like all the good things to try to yeah. sell them on it. You should really spend some good time letting them know the bad parts of the job so that they understand like, yeah. what you know what, what you know what you're signing up what for. you're into yeah, yeah yeah and then if at the end of the day they feel like they're up to then okay you know you're yeah. being totally honest but i think um a lot of us spend a lot more time talking about all the good things and the great things that are part of the gig as opposed to like you know the, the things that are real yeah. you know not to say the good things aren't real because they are of course but you know there's definitely some some difficulties to some positions so is there anything that you used to do before that you particularly miss, man, I, I got to go like, man, I wish I could do a little bit more of this. Cause I really enjoy that part or. Yeah, sure. So like I, I've, and it's not that I can, I just, sometimes I just forget and get wrapped up on things, but I definitely want to get, I haven't brewed a beer, I think in a couple of years for sure. So I definitely would love to get back in the brew right. house and, and mash in and, and, and brew a batch. Um, back yeah. to the roots. That's right. Back <laughs> to the roots. Like so, it. Yeah. So you guys have been, you know, there's obviously clear advantages and disadvantages for being the first, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I want you to talk a little bit about that. What, what were, in, from your point of view, what were some of the the benefits? We've kind of covered some of the, you know, the disadvantages of of being the first. You know, all yeah. the hurdles that you had to clear right. with the city and everything. But maybe there's some other stuff that comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, like. Um my, my, my thing with, with our team has always been where we were we're the first, but anybody can be the first. We want to be the best. So, um, you know, we want to strive for as much excellence as we possibly can when it comes to how our product talks to how we sell in the market to how we look on social media, um, how the beer is tasting across the board. Um, so that's been always number one. Um, you know, we, we, we feel that being the first um, is also comes with responsibility. So we want to make sure that we kind of set the tone a little bit on in the sense of, you know, quality and how the product speaks to the market. If we can get into an account that doesn't necessarily have local craft beer, if we can get in there and kind of pave the way for other folks to do like other, our other friends in the industry to get in, then, then we've done our job. And, and that's the way we, we, we look about it um, about kind of like being the first um, definitely comes with some hurdles, but you know, the, the, the good thing is we've, anybody can be the first, I think there's, 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 we've had the opportunity to kind of seize the moment, right. The timing I think was ripe for Miami to have a brewery. Um, and thankfully we've, 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 we've come out with some really good products that have, you know, shined, um, in our local market. So, um, you know, it's particular, particularly the one that we're drinking right now with La Rubia. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, um, I think we hit with the right product with the right name at the right time. I think it was a luck to be honest with you. I don't think we engineered it. I think if we tried to engineer it, we would have failed right. um, to be honest with you. I think uh, now that we've been in the, in the market for, you know, six years, I feel that, uh, you know, there's other people that obviously want to go after the same success that we've had. So mm. I think we do kind of have 
some competition, which is in my mind, great because we shouldn't settle. We should try to continue to strive again. Like I said, just because you're a competitor doesn't mean you have to go throats with each right. other. Right. I mean, there's a lot of good industries that have competitive industries, but they're not negative. Right. right. I mean, it's a good thing. Competition is a good thing. It's a good thing for us. It's a good thing for consumers. Um, yeah. I mean, overall we have, you know, there's a good amount of breweries now in, in, in the County and, for the most part, we all get along really well and we all try to help each other out. You know, even if people are, all, you know, they don't have raw material or whatever the case may be. And this is something that's very neat in this industry. Uh, craft beer overall, people try to help each other, try to, that's awesome. yeah, try to raise, you know, in my, in my mind, my, my, um, and continues to be my philosophy. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about a beer again, such as this is uh, La Rubia is that it can translate outside of just a craft beer drinker, right? And like we right. want to grow the pie. We want to, we don't want to just play in the ten percent that you know beer craft beer is in. We want to Got grow it. that 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 pod so that we have a bigger market share. Um, and if we can continue to do that, for again, I feel like being the first, we have that responsibility to to grow that uh, along with all the other folks that are behind us and are next to us. Really, um, you know, we're doing our job, and we we you know we want. It is a competition in the sense that we're always obviously taking market share from someone, um, but we shouldn't be taking market share from, from, from our friends down the street. Right. And so that leads into what I, from far away, what I've seen is there's that little bit of like tension between the big guys and the craft brewers. And so maybe we can touch a little bit on that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, there's, there's definitely some, uh, I'm not, so I'm a little different. Plus, I mean, I'm owned by a large, like we sold the brewery to a larger brewery who's okay. in the process of selling to Anheuser-Busch. So my situation is different now, obviously. And someone could say, and, oh, well, obviously your point of view is this way, which I can understand that. But my point of view has always been this way. Um, you know, one of my mentors in this uh, in this business has been uh, Alan Newman, who started my Magic Hat. Um, he opened up Concrete Beach right here next to us. Um, and we always had the same kind of point of view um, in which, you know, beer is meant to be inclusive, not exclusive. Mm. I think that's one of the things that kind of, and I love wine. I think wine's a phenomenal uh, beverage, but I think that, you know, there's, there's these people that make it into much more than it really is. Um, not that you don't necessarily, you know, you can definitely educate yourself about something and have a passion about something and, and know the different qualities of, you know, different vintages and different grapes and and all that. But I feel as though sometimes in craft beer, we get a little bit uh, into ourselves uh, about, you know, the hops and the beers and which is fine. Again, um, I'm, I'm a craft beer geek. I'm not a craft beer snob. Um, you know, it should be inclusive. I can understand how some people might feel that some of the practices in which some of the larger breweries might have are a little anti-competitive. Um, however, if you really look like what, at like what, what, give me an example. So a lot of, you know, a lot of the sentiment is that, you know, some of the bigger breweries are spending money to kind of shoulder, uh, smaller breweries out or buy mm, places so that okay. other, other breweries can't uh, participate. Got it. Um, I'm not sure that's a hundred percent true. I do, I do believe that, you know, there's beers, beer industry is a three tier system. And there's definitely a lot of uh, distributors that also kind of do that. Um, we are in a house in which our distributor does not play that. And so there's there's definitely distributors out there that don't, kind of like breweries out there that do and don't, right? right. So there's definitely bigger breweries that will muscle and will throw money at it. Um, so that's definitely not to say that it's not true. 
Um, but it's also not necessarily 100% rested on right. big breweries. It's also some of the distributors that aren't necessarily following the rules as well. And so for so I can understand what the kind of animosity is, the right. the um, the argument. I think it come back, comes back a little bit to, to what you were mentioning about competition, right? It's maybe co- approaching it from a abundance mentality rather than like scarcity mentality of like there's a finite amount of people and I need to protect it at all costs and I need to, right. you know, and so I think that's a little bit of that. Right. Um, would you would consider yourself a, a brewer first and a business person second? Mm. Or would you consider yourself a business person first and a brewer second? That's a great question. And you can't say a little bit of both. You got oh, man. That's going to be my political no, answer. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let you. You got you to pick How one. How dare that, you. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd say my role has changed. I think at the beginning, I was definitely a brewer first, okay. business second. I think now, since my role has changed, I'm more of a you know business first and brewer second. However, I will say that um, you know our biggest thing has always been quality. So we we have not, to this date, you know, put out a beer that I feel has not met our standards. And if we, and if it has somehow gone out to the market or it's gone bad, we've always pulled it back and we've always paid for it. Um, or we've dumped it. So, um, you know, in that sense, I wouldn't say that being business is kind of like greedy. I'm sitting over here, just how I make more money. Um, no, I think it's more of like my, my, my focus has shifted more on how do I continue to have healthy growth um, because I have really good people that count on me to provide growth um, opportunity because I don't want them to leave. Uh, And we could sit here and say, oh, I'm only going to brew X amount of barrels and we're just going to sit here and only produce this much. And that's fine. But how do you provide growth opportunity to your folks? You're going to tell them, hey, you're only going to make say $75,000 a year for the rest of your life. There's no room for growth for you. Right. Um, it's a little selfish, I think, as a leader to only say you're going to stay here and that's it. I think you don't go into a, a, a brewery or any sort of business thinking you're just going to get to this point and, and stop. Um, and that's a challenge, I think. And that's the kind of difficult because as I always thought <laughs> every year that the next year was going to be easier. Um, little that I know it's just, a whole set of different problems um, and issues and challenges that you have to, that you have to face. So um, yeah, I think that, uh, um, you know, to go back to your question, I think my role has changed again, you know, in such a little time. So you find a very, you found a very sneaky way of giving me the both answer. I did. (laughs) You like that? Maybe I should be a politician. I don't know, man. (laughs) Um, So looking, looking back, not just on the business, but on the personal side of things, what were some of those moments in life where you can look back and say, man, these were moments, these were very defining moments in my life. Yeah. I mean, getting married because I got married young. I was 25 when I got married. Um, it's the best decision I ever made in my life to have somebody believe in me. And I have a wonderful human being as a partner that totally believes in me. So I'd say that's, getting married, having my kid, my first, my first child, I have three. How um, old are they? Uh, seven, four and one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm done though. That's it. <laughs> I 
I have a four and a one year old. Yeah. Yeah. So you get one more to go. Nope. No. I'm done. Um, well, you're done. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what we thought too. We thought too. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, having my kids, my family, um, starting the brewery, obviously, you know, it's funny. I, I, what do you think those things did for you? Because I mean, obviously those are obvious, obvious pivotal moments in your sure. life, but those events can do very different things for different people. What did, what did it do for you personally? Well, you gotta, you know, as a father, husband, business owner, you got to step up to the plate, you know? Um, I have a great teacher and my dad, and that's one of the great things also, you know, learning from somebody that's been, you know, he's, he had a career for close to 30 years in pharmaceutical industry. So having him to kind of be there to guide me has been definitely a blessing. I mean, a, a lot of people don't have that. Right. Um, right. So it's definitely helped kind of skip some, you know, kind of shorten the learning curve and, and uh, not make some maybe unnecessary mistakes because of having his experience. You know, one thing I forgot to mention is like when we first started to, right before we opened, we lost our, our, our original brewer, Jim, passed away. Um, you know, he had heart issues. And and so it was kind of like a, that was a wake up call, right? I mean, I've never seen anybody really like die in front of me. Wow. Um, so that was definitely shocking. Um, How old was he? It was sixties, wow. I believe. But that was also actually to kind of go back as one of the moments where I felt like, okay, we're, we're onto something too. When we first started and we started brewing and he tried the beers and we were brewing together and, um, right, right before we opened, um, you know, it was, you know, he, he had helped, he was co-founder of Abita Brewing in, in, in New Orleans and Abita Springs in, in Louisiana. So having someone with his kind of like pedigree was, was good, it was good to get some, some support and kind of, right. you know, validation. Um, so that was a big uh, impact in my life. Um, watching some of the folks that have been with us for such a long time grow in the careers that they've in leadership positions that they have now has definitely been an impact too. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to watch people grow. Um, it's great to see. I feel like that's when you really built a really, when you feel like you've, you've built a good culture, when you've built a good atmosphere and professional uh, business. I think that as a leader, you feel like, okay, this is, this is good, right? You, you we're, we're onto something. It's great. The sales, it's great. The volume and, and the money and, and all that, right? Cause everybody has to pay their bills, but you know, we forget we're also in the people business. Everybody's, in, yeah. you know, dealing with people. So that's, that's been a, a really good uh, experience. So it's <clears throat> very apparent that your dad is a, is very influential person in your life. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure there's many things that you've learned from him more than probably you can, we even have time for. So instead of asking you what you, what you, the things that you've learned from him, let's, let's look at it this way. Imagine like your dad was here and he was going to give you three pieces of advice that you need to hear right now. Now, what do you think he would be? Definitely, you know, he, he he's, he's definitely a, a pusher, not in a sense, like a good pusher, like you have to do things now. You don't want to let them simmer when you have a situation or you need to confront somebody. Sometimes it's easier to like brush it off and oh, I'll wait till whatever. Um, he's been a good of like, Hey, don't, don't let it just talk about it. Um, honesty. I think we're, we've ran this brewery in, in, in a very open and honest way with a lot of our key folks. They know a lot of the things that we're doing. They know every, like everything. We're an open book. That's definitely been from him, especially from growing up. He's always been very honest with us as a family, um, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And then I'd say the third thing is, you know, you have to do the hard things. Like, um, 
it's not all fun and games. It's not just beer. We're not drinking beer all day. You know, like you have to do the hard job and the hard job. Sometimes it's the job that nobody else wants to do, but you as a leader, you have to do it. Um, letting that person go, right? Or yeah. It's either it letting that person go or yeah. somebody doesn't want to do something. You realize like they're putting it off. You got to roll up your sleeves and do it yourself. Um, you know, it's, you know, I, when we were growing up, my dad wasn't necessarily around all the time. It's not because he didn't want to, it's just because he, he, the way that, you know, we're Puerto Rican, we, were, we weren't very well off. And the way that he felt he can push our family forward was, you know, busting his butt and climbing up the corporate ladder to give us, his kids, the best opportunity. And so he was always working. Um, and then he was always traveling because he had to. Um, and so I didn't really necessarily grow up with my dad being around a lot, right? When you know, we playing baseball games and basketball games, right. you know, my dad wasn't necessarily there all the time. Rarely was he there. Um, but we never looked at it with an animosity like, oh, my dad was never there. Uh, on the contrary, we always appreciated it, right, when he was around because we knew what he was doing. And so what I've learned for him as a kind of leader and as a father, right, is that, you know, I've missed birthdays. I've missed anniversaries. But my wife also understands that I have to do the job, right? And people are counting on us. Um, so it's not easy, right? But you do it. Yeah. So um, that's what, that's the kind of the position that you choose to be in, right? Nobody forced me to be here. Right. I'm here because I like being here um, and I have to do the job. And sometimes it does, you know, it's not an easy job sometimes and yeah. you have to be away. And I'd say that's what he, some of the things that he taught me. Any quotes or, or things that you often think of often or that you try to live your life by? There, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a couple. Um, I tend to, to listen to a lot of podcasts and okay. more recently than ever read more than I ever had time to. So it's okay. good. Um, but there's always a, a quote that uh, I think it was Benjamin Franklin that I always enjoyed is uh, one today is worth more than two tomorrows. What I am to be, I am now becoming. So it's kind of like seize the day all the same you know it's kind of you don't know and my dad always says you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow so whatever you got to do you do today you know right um has there so, ever been a time that you felt like you didn't live by that yeah man i mean sometimes we lose a day or two you know yeah. there's, there's also like uh, i'm a huge billy joel fan and I, I love that song vienna and he says it's okay you can you can afford to lose a day or two <laughs> um you know i i i think that uh you know, we're, we're human. We're not perfect. Yeah. We strive, I, I strive to be a good professional and a good husband and a good father. Sometimes one you can't do everything, you know, you can, you can do, was it, I read another thing. What was it? Um, Ray Dalio in his book principle says you can, you can have anything, but you can't have everything. Right. So that's a fantastic book. Yeah. It's a great book. Fantastic book. So I'm not done yet. So I just, let's, started reading it. Um, I so. went through it once. Yeah. I, I can't read. I, yeah. I mean, I can read. I just, if I try to read a book, I'll just fall asleep. So I always sure. listen to audiobooks. Yeah. I listened to it once and been going recently through it the second time. And it's, there's so much there. It's, yeah. it's like a, as if I never heard the book the it's, first time around. It's definitely an interesting book, the way it's written. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but it's, it's definitely a very good, um, I always find fascinating. Like I look at people that have been successful in business and try to see what, um, you know, what, what they've done and what, what, how they lived their life. I have, I often talk about it with some friends kind of like, Hey, what, like if you had to talk to Ray Dalio, for instance, and say, cause he, he even says that everything comes at a cost. Right. So like, I, I would love to see like, Hey, how does this, how has this affected you on your personal life? Or 
how's your relationship with your wife? How's your yeah. relationship with your kids? Right. Cause like, at least for me, I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not, but as a Hispanic person, right. I don't, our culture is very family oriented. Yeah. Um, and you know, some of the things I want to try to do is kind of like spend more time with my kids because I know my, you know, my dad wasn't as, you know, he was working all the time. And so I do have the opportunity to not necessarily some, you know, there's seasons in our business in which, especially the summers where it's kind of slow. And so I try as much as possible to like get away and hang out with them. Or if I can skip early and, or Friday and like go and hang out with them, watch my kid play piano or soccer or whatever the case may be. Right. Cause this is a very tough business. You have events, you have to go out to accounts, you have to build relationships, you have to go out to dinners, you have to, you know, do beer festivals. So you know, you're going to lose a lot of nights and a lot of weekends. And so, yeah, I, I want, I, I'm very curious to like, at what cost mm. these people get there, right? right? Like, what is it? You know, I just, out of curiosity, yeah. I'm just, I'm just curious. So I, I love reading. I just finished, um, uh, reading, uh, also I switch, I switch around sometimes like I get like, if I, if I, if I realize I'm not necessarily getting too much into the book, I'll pause it and I'll pick up another book. Yeah. Um, and so I just finished reading Steve Schwartzman, uh, whatever it takes. Huh. Um, okay. actually I just gave it to, to Hector. Okay. Just interview, who you interviewed, um, to, for him to check it out. So I, I, it was interesting to see how he kind of mentioned some of those things about, you know, spending time with family and some yeah. of those kind of mistakes that he's made. So, yeah. And I mean, that opens up a whole nother kind of worms because then you start getting into the, we are lucky and blessed to have lives and our kids enjoy lives that maybe we didn't enjoy. And so yeah. that's for me, something that I always have in the back of my mind. Like, yeah. yeah. But so like my wife and I talk about it all the time. Um, I think it's the way you do it. Right. Cause yeah. you, you still want them to have to, to your point, you still want them to have that fire. You still want them to have that hunger and that need to, 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 to go out and get it. Um, and you just got to teach them that, like we try that you got to earn things. Things are not just given to you. Um, you know, our, our seven year old walks around and picks up the poop after our dog. My four year old just started chores, cleaning his room. You know, they all do their beds. They'll do clean their room, make sure everything's put away, make sure their toys are put away at night. Um, if you don't, you don't get to play with them tomorrow. Right. Um, if you do really well, then you might get some 30 minutes of Xbox, you know, like things like that. You have to earn it. You can't just yeah. give them yeah. anything for granted. Right. So like we've talked about college, college, thank thankfully it's paid for, but my wife always said, you know what, we're going to make them pay for it. Take out a loan. And every semester, once they pass and we see the grades, we'll give them the money. We'll pay it off. I'm like, okay. Because like, she says it. She's like, I Dude, to, I like how your yeah. wife rolls, man. No, but she's right though. She, you know, I had the blessing in which my father paid for it. Right. Man. And, and, and I, and I, and I was in college for six years. Right. My wife didn't have that opportunity. She had yeah. scholarships and she had to take out loans and she had to work. Yeah. So she says, no, I'm not going to give my kids that. I was able to do it. They can do it. I was yeah. like, Hey, <laughs> I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get involved with that. Is that how you feel? Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what is next for you and brewing? Me and brewing. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're growing the brand. We're growing the, the brewery. Um, we're going to be adding some more folks this year. Um, we're, we, we launched, La Ruya in New York. We launched last year as well in Puerto Rico. So right now the objective this year is to kind of grow those markets, Puerto Rico, New York, Connecticut, and also central Florida. So that's the kind of like the main objective. We also were working on an expansion in the tap room. So we took the space next door. So we're going to hopefully build that out and be open by the end of this year. 
Um, so we got our hands full, man. Nice. <laughs> There's definitely but all good things, on. right? All, all good things. I yeah. like it. I like all it. All good things. So let's switch into Miami rapid fire. Oh, just going to throw this. out some, some, Here we go. you know, quick questions. You give me the first thing that comes into your mind and we're going to start this one off. I think I know what you're going to answer, but, um, <laughs> but let's see if you had to pick one beer from your lineup to be the official beer for Miami. Which one would it be? La Rubia. La Rubia. Yeah, 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 I imagined. Yeah, right. Especially with the Miami Heat. Thing, yeah, right? like, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Favorite food spot and dish? Favorite food spot and dish. Man, that changes a lot. I mean, I just had pizza from Valentina's. They just opened up. It's delicious. Okay. It's the second time I have it this week. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Perfect way to spend a Miami weekend. Miami weekend. All right. So I work, I work a lot. So for me, Saturday mornings are like, uh, religious. I wake up, I make pancakes for my kids. I, I love Saturday mornings. Um, I'm a huge Liverpool fan. So if Liverpool's playing in the mornings, I'll watch it as well with my kids. I'm a Juventus guy. Yeah. So we're, Ooh. this is where the segment ends. Everybody. <laughs> <We're>... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I, I'm a, I'm staying more time, spending more time at home so I don't get out as much. Um, so I'll cook out, grill, cook some food, help my wife do stuff around the house. I have a long honeydew list. <laughs> <laughs> if you're stuck in Miami traffic, what are you listening to? Podcasts. Which mostly ones? what I listen to. Uh, recently I've been listening to the, uh, David Rubenstein show. Okay. Um, I've heard yours, obviously. Thank you, sir. And, um, uh, the investors podcast TIP. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Any other Miami businesses, individuals, or entrepreneurs um, that you want to show a little bit of love to that you think they're doing amazing things? Oh, man, there's a lot. So I, I really love Miami because I feel like this is like, uh, as a city, we have so many really good entrepreneurs. And in the just the food and hospitality industry, it's just been blowing up. So there's, there's a lot of really good people. And I apologize if I had to leave you out. Um, they're putting me on the spot, man. Cause a lot of these people carry a beer, <laughs> um, but I'll do the neighborhood. Right. So like, um, we build a really good relationship. With a lot of the folks in the neighborhood, Caesar from, from the wood hospitality group. Um, they do a really awesome job at bar next door. And I mean, they're Valentina's and wood and Las Rosas and, um, Joel and Leticia from Panther coffee, I think are doing a phenomenal job. I think they're, first of all, they have a phenomenal product. Um, and I think the way that they've gone about their business and they've, they've kind of carried their role is, 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 is awesome. Um, I mean, I, I frequent Panther at least once a day, most, most of the time, twice a day. Um, so, um, I think they're doing a, a great job. Uh, Matt Cush from, from Cush and, um, locale and spillover and now in Stevens Deli. Um, I think he's doing an awesome job. Um, I, I love Matt a lot. Uh, we've had some good times together. Um, Adam at Gramps. Um, these are all folks that have been incredible supporters of ours uh, since, since the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so many really good entrepreneurs out there. Um, the guys from Pinch are doing a great job. Hector, as you know, I mean, yeah. he's a good buddy of mine. We, we, we talk often um, just like what we're seeing, what's going on. Um, yeah, man. I mean, these are all really good. There's There's so many, right? There's so many... Um, I pay attention a lot to the food and beverage industry, obviously. Okay, of course. Um, Ariel from Ironhack. I don't know if you met him. He's doing some really cool stuff um, in the education and coding field. I mean, I think he's opened up, I forget how many 
of his academies all over the world. Mm. Um, and they're based here in Miami, yeah. right? Stuff that people don't talk about. Dude, that's the reason why I started this. Cause I was like, yeah. man, nobody's covering all the amazing things that are happening yeah. in Miami. Everybody's and, focused on, you know, covering the Tony Robbins and the Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> and it's fine. And you know, yeah, obviously, yeah, no, yeah. but Bro, um, like we got some good stuff happening. We got here. some, yeah, we got some really amazing um, entrepreneurs doing some really, really cool stuff out of, out of the city. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think we, I think we're getting there, right? The folks from, you know, the family that's taking care of the, uh, the Medinas who are doing emerge and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think that's kind of putting, obviously, help put Miami on the map. Um, Knight Foundation, I think, has done a great job, um, but there's definitely a lot of folks too, and all across different industries. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, again, I do a lot of food and beverage, so right. I, I I love food, and there's some really cool restaurants. I mean, I just heard Mandy Moto's coming to to Wynwood. Okay. Um. So yeah, there's a. I just had recently the uh, the sandwich, uh, Cuban sandwich from Sandwich in Little Little Havana. That shit was delicious. <laughs> Sorry to curse, it's but it's so good. It's so good. I mean, they're making everything fresh. You see, like the. Old ladies back there rubbing the 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 pernil with a mojo. Wow, it's like okay. fresh croquetas, always like this freshly is what happens. fried. Every single time I do a Miami rapid fire after every episode, I have like seven other places yeah. that I have to check out. It's yeah. like my list. Your is just- list just keeps growing. Yeah, I mean, there's some great stuff. Um, Before we we turn over the mic and and sure. you can share with people where they connect with where they can connect with you and what you guys are up to. Any parting thoughts that you want to share with the listeners? Anything you wish I. I had asked, but didn't anything you wanted to spend some time on that we didn't. No, I mean, um, thank you for having me on You're your, welcome. on your show. I feel honored. I mean, you've had some pretty impressive guests, so I'm happy to be part of the, of the list. No, I mean, for any like a uh, business entrepreneur or you know folks out there trying to get started, I mean, my only advice is just comp- work, work hard. I mean, you got to push through, you got to, persevere, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. There's going to be a lot of, you know, I always say like, um, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. Everybody mm-hmm. I mean, has a very f- yeah. famous quote. Um, and it's very true. Right. So I think, um, the rite of passage is almost like trying to get open. Once you're open, you're kind of like part of the, you know, kind of like yeah. you've been initiated. <laughs> um, but, uh, but do it. I mean, there, there's just believe in yourself. You know, I, I really do feel that if you do something with passion, um, with honesty and, and respect, you will, you will, you, you will succeed. I, I really do. And not to say that there's going to be failures and you're going to, you know, maybe one venture goes down, but just keep going. I mean, that's when you, when you make mistakes and, and it doesn't go as planned. I think that's when you learn more than when you're, you know, you're sitting on top of, I think it's really hard to be, you know, batting a hundred. It's, yeah. it's, it's impossible. Yeah. Right. So, um, you're, you're going to strike out, but just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Brother, where can people connect with you? Where can they find out what you guys are up to? Sure. So Winwood uh, at Winwood Brewing, uh, Instagram, Facebook, winwoodbrewing.com. Um, feel free to drop us a line, whatever the case may or wherever. Um, I have a very simple email. It's Luis at winwoodbrewing.com. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're pretty open. Come by the brewery. We're located right down the street here in Wynwood at 565 North, Northwest 24th Street. Grab a pint with us. You know, there's no TVs. It's a good place to talk, hang out with friends. So, yeah. Love it. Louis, you are a gentleman and a scholar. Thank, Thank you, you sir. so much. Love the beer. 
thank, thank you. you man thank you for coming thank you for uh for having me on your show you got it man thank cheers you. brother hey guys this is corrado again two quick things before you take off one remember that you can find detailed show notes for every single episode at miamicreators.com And two, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share this with someone you think would find it interesting. That's it. Until next time, thank you for listening.